Ah, Mountaineer Nation, welcome on out to the porch. We're on video, brought to you by Eagle Eye Productions, but also right here on the podcast forum for you on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Anywhere else you listen to it, Michael Sussman and CJ are aboard. We're going to talk all about the big win over Oklahoma, our first in 319 days. Took it to Dixon and the Frogs again. We're real excited, though. We, now we got to go get Texas, throw those horns down in the Coliseum on Saturday. Hug still believes in this team, and I think we should too. We'll also get a Big 12 coaches street ball draft on the backside of the program. I'm Blaine Smith. Welcome on out to the porch. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee. Fill out in the evening. Grab the drink and come on back out to the porch. We're talking Mountaineer Hoops. Let's roll out the carpet. Hello and welcome everyone to the uh, inaugural video porch sessions here. Uh, Mike Sussman joining me. Tonight, uh, CJ on location in the mountains in North Carolina, as always. Fellas, it's good to talk about a win, right? I, I mean, whew. finally, you can see us. I don't know if you wanted to, but <laughs> here we are. And for the first time, you get to see us smiling because we won a freaking game. It feels yeah. great. My, now, my eyes might be kind of like got a lot of bags underneath them. And that's probably because of this 0-5 start that we had. But last night, it all turned around. Beautiful basketball game. And you kind of could feel like the momentum was going to go our way right off the jump. You know, and, and, I mean, Vegas had us a two-and-a-half-point favorite to begin with. Had to protect home court. We finally were able to do so. You grow the lead to, what was it, 16, 17 points in that first half. And then there's a little bit of a lull later in the game. But you saw what you wanted to see from West Virginia, which was a positive response to adversity. I think Joe Toussaint came up huge with yep. a couple of clutch buckets down the stretch. And then Kedrian Johnson, he's kind of emerging as the two-way on the other team's best player. I'm yep. going to defend you. Your best guy's going to guard yeah. him kind of player. I think Kedis are one, and he played like one last night. Absolutely, Mike. And I, and I think you know, we're going to get CJ in here in a second, too. But I know for a fact that Hugs always talks about Kedi as the best on-ball defender in the league, right? And he did a great job on his cousin last, last night. Uh, Miles, you know, Mac Miles, who was going off as well and was really kind of keep trying to keep TCU as close as they possibly could in that game. But, CJ, I want to ask you this and get Mike's opinion on this after this. Do you think Hugs is maybe starting to figure out that rotation that he wants? Like last night he had Keedy and Joe. Played probably Stevenson more than maybe some of us would have liked. I think it's Seth Wilson in as much. But, like, starting to figure it out. It seems like it's Jimmy Bell, Keedy, Joe, Trey Mitchell, kind of getting a little bit tighter and I think that's going to help us continue to get better cohesion and more efficient offensively for sure. Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. Um, and I noticed that too, uh, Keedy and Joe on the floor a lot together. Um, I thought that was a really good backcourt combination, um, especially with Keedy's aggressiveness last night. Um, I, I love that rotation yeah, that he had. Um, the thing with Jimmy, I think, is you saw him a little bit down the stretch kind of fatigued. I think you're going to have to find ways to kind of get him blows strategically. Um, and you know, obviously Wagi, as he continues to get better, um, will add some depth to it, but I absolutely loved what I saw out of this team. Um, and it actually kind of looked like Stevenson might've gotten a little bit of himself back yesterday, was a little more fired up, a little more animated on the floor, which I think after the technical and, and some of the comments, I think that took a little bit away from him and that takes a lot away from his game a little bit too. That is tough. Cause if you're Eric Stevenson, obviously after the Oklahoma state game, You've got to scale it back, but you can't be gun-shy either and just be a shell of yourself. And he hit a couple of step-backs in that second big, half. And, some, and hit some big shots in both yeah. halves early. I think yeah. that was key. You know, Hug said in the, in the pregame radio chat there with Tony, he was like, Stevenson was making a lot of shots in the warm-ups, came out, made a couple to get going, had seven points in our first 11 in that 11-7 to seven lead, then kind of slowed down a little bit. But – if we can create him to kind of get him out of the turnover situation, I think yeah. that'll be huge for us. I think that's where he kind of draws back and kind of doesn't get that aggressiveness anymore is when he has problems turning it over. And then obviously Hugs isn't happy about that either. Takes himself and sits himself on the bench for long extended periods of time. But I do love, and CJ, you brought the point up, and Mikey did too, about Keedy and Joe both being on the floor at the same time. I think that tremendously improves our, our defense out there as well 
kind of gives us a little bit of that press Virginia vibe, right? We can kind of go full court if we want to at times. And that is huge for this basketball team moving forward. I personally, I, I, last night was the start of where we're going. I really, truly do believe that. And the centerpiece down low is a huge part oh, of that. Yeah. When you talk about the rotation, a lot of problems are solved automatically if Jimmy Bell plays well, which earlier in the Big 12 slate was an issue. Double-double mm-hmm. last night, and, and he played strong. He played tough. Finally dunked the basketball with yes. two hands. If you're 6'10", 6'11", don't overcomplicate the Go situation. Up strong, you know, no right? reason to miss the two-footers, as others <laughs> would say. Right. Just dunk the basketball. He did that last night, and, and that solves a ton of problems. And you know what else, too, Mike, to talk about Jimmy Bell and, and being stronger on the rim? but also his ability defensively last night. They changed how they defended the ball screen, more double-team action on, on the ball screen, and I think that was huge for Jimmy Bell. He's able to kind of help out a little bit more. Maybe a guy his size in Lampkin, who had also lost a significant amount of weight. So you kind of, you know, they were talking about that all on the broadcast. But Jimmy Bell, like you said, if he's able to do that on both ends of the floor, man, we've got something special coming down the stretch because he is a massive human being. And better stuff from, from Waggy last night. As well. Yeah, as well. That's a good point. Waggy, Mo had that nice little turnaround there in the first half. And we kept getting contributions from everybody in the first half. And then, you know, we'll get into a little bit more when we micro this game. But the second half made just enough big shots. And those three threes there in succession, Emmett, Trey, and then Toussaint all making them to kind of extend that lead back up to 17 was huge. And then Jimmy Bell's big dunk was kind of an exclamation point. And then we really started to struggle in transition defense. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the the three by Tucson. I think it's really kind of funny because the three of us had a conversation at the beginning of the year, you know, about Tucson. You know, wasn't a big time three point shooter. And I think I heard on the broadcast the other night he's actually attempted, I think, more or made more this year than he has like the last three seasons combined. Like it's kind of they've opened him up and let him kind of be that guy and let him shoot and shoot with confidence and you're seeing it because there's every time he puts the ball up he looks like a guy who thinks it's going down yeah extreme confidence cj and you know he's got that new york kind of toughness mm-hmm. that background about him sort of the old school huggins teams Tucson kind of exemplifies that a little bit i think that's a great point and man without him we we would have probably lost a lot of these games by a lot more he's been probably one of our most consistent players to this point in time i would say he has been cold offensively at times shooting the basketball. I think he had a two-for-eight clip yeah. in, in We've all had one of Kansas game. It happens. It's the same mm-hmm. as going out and shooting a 104. We all have bad days. Yeah, 104. Those are, those are dangerous. Dangerous, Mike. CJ has more of those than we do, though. That's for sure. On the oh, yeah, field. I got a whole scorecard full of them. Yeah, we – yeah. Yeah, you get him out on the course, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. It's not always your day. You can never question the effort of Joe Toussaint. And when he's a guy that when he's respected shooting the basketball, has blow-by speed mm-hmm. and finishing ability. So there's a lot to work with in his skill set. Um, and it's nice to see, maybe even if it's just for one game, some of the pieces starting to fit. And before Trey Mitchell's interesting technical yeah, there. It, yeah. it was a straightaway f word you could see it on the broadcast mm-hmm. quick hook it was a he hit my f and arm and he was out of there not a smart play but he was playing well before that yeah, he kept kissinger was just i don't know why you know obviously i know cj you have a lot of disdain for kip kissinger oh, kip, kip. to begin with but it didn't seem like it was something that had to occur I think he probably could have, you know, let it go. Yeah. But at the same time, it felt like the momentum was going their way. You're a grown man. Somebody can't say the F word in your direction. Oh, some of these ears, man, they have the biggest rabbit ears. You know, you, you yeah. It's yeah. Hell. Yeah, it, it, it's bad. And it, Talk and about it, former official. I know you probably teed up a few that didn't deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean – Every official he kind of, he yeah, and yeah, I, I am a former official, and every official seems to kind of have that line as far as wording goes. For me, that wouldn't have warranted it. I think what got Trey in trouble was about the fourth or fifth time he hit his arm. And let's face it, Kip Kissinger's not a guy that likes to be shown up, even though he lets a lot of things go. Um, it, that's a quick tee. I'm not a fan of it. I, I think that's one of those you hit the whistle and you tell him, all right, I heard you, let it go. And then if he says something, then get him. But, yeah, to me, it didn't seem all that bad. Even on the replay, you're in a tight game. Trey's a little bit of an emotional guy, too. He's got a point. I, I, I think if you've got to let that go there. But 
I don't know. Hip's one of those guys that you're never really sure where his line is and his his tees can be quick or they can be long. It just it depends where you catch him and a student like section let him quick hooks too on these technical fouls and big Yeah, and the student section absolutely let him have it. Yeah, reputation. Another thing, I'll say six minutes left is a little early to have your best offensive player out there with yep. four fouls. See, I'm okay with it because you got to trust him. It wasn't like he did it on defense. He just ran his mouth. That was entirely yeah. Trey Mitchell's fault. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. It's just that one's a bit questionable. You don't yeah. usually see that. Usually it's about three minutes, two minutes, mm-hmm. then it comes back. I think Hugs views Keevy as his best offensive option, though. Then Trey, Trey Mitchell, then Stevenson. I think, I oh, think yeah. Trey Mitchell's more consistent. But I think Keedy knows how to run that offense. His ability to get where he needs yeah. to get to is why he is our heart and soul on both ends of the floor, like you said earlier. If there was a guy on this team that I would say has NBA potential, it's probably Keedrick Johnson. Yeah, and Honestly, I think Trey Mitchell does have some, too, just because of that smooth offensive game. you know. But hey, in NBA potential, I don't know if we have anybody with that, which is probably tough in this league. I, I say that where because, we're at. I say that because of his defense. Yeah, and he's a long player. Maybe he don't play defense, Mike. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is true. I mean, it's they're just kind of waltzing yeah. around out there. Well, yeah, I mean, you oh, you man. have a point there because oh, Keeney can be kind of a Javon Carter type of guy, be an agitator at the next level, um, kind of that Patrick Beverly mold. Um, yeah. The mm. one thing I was encouraged about, yeah. but the one thing I was actually really encouraged about last night was is we stayed out of foul trouble. I mean, outside of Trey, nobody was you know. Because we've had some games there where you know you ended up with like Stevenson fouls out and then Mitchell fouls out and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're kind of down. Oklahoma two. Saturday, perfect example. Yeah, so that that was actually a really encouraging sign. I don't know if maybe they've got a little used to the ticky tack stuff, or maybe this officiating crew let a little more go than what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, but either way, to me, it's an encouraging sign. Let's just see how that kind of translates itself as, as we move on to with, you know, Texas and the rest of the year. But to me, that was something I kind of took away noticing, Hey, we were allowed to, we were able to play a lot of our big guys, big minutes down the stretch because they weren't in foul trouble. The good point, CJ, and it allows us to close out the lead as opposed to some of these other games where we just haven't had quite what we need to either to finish a comeback or some of these other games like Oklahoma state where you had the lead and you had the T Kansas state, same thing. I think it brings us to a point, right? We're one in five in this league, but man, could be so much better right now, right? I mean, with not much exaggeration, you could say we could be four and two in this conference right now and probably, what, 14 and four overall, probably sitting in the top 15 in the country without much, like, you know, having to really get real creative and blow your mind in terms of your imagination. I mean, make some free throws. And I think that was key last night. Eight of ten down the stretch, huge. You do that, we're going to win a lot of basketball. Maybe they actually shot a hundred this week. <laughs> Did they not shoot the game? You know, I, I hope so. And, <laughs> and and here's the thing, Blaine. You, you talk about that, and I think you're right by not much of the stretch of the imagination. I mean, you could be four and two, but I think also too, I think you have to take into account. You know, that that's a really you know we've played some really good teams in conference. There's not a bad one. I mean, Kansas State gets a big win against KU at home. Uh, that Kansas State, I think, is a team that maybe is the country needs to have a little bit more respect for and the way they play. Obviously Kansas is who they are. We're going to learn a lot about Texas here over the next couple of weeks, but it's, it's not like we've played horrid competition, but we've played some really good competition and we've played it tough. It's just find ways to close them out. And I think maybe this team's maybe kind of figured that out a little bit in, okay, this is how we're going to close stuff out. This is what we need to do. And now you move forward through it. Because you go on a you know stretch run here where you win four or five in a row, all of a sudden you have completely flipped the script about where you were a week ago. One hundred percent agree with you, CJ. And like last night in the post game, you know, Hugs talked about we've missed opportunities, right? Well, we have more opportunities ahead of us. Like Saturday, Texas—that's a top ten team according to ranking, right? Okay, you got Auburn the following Saturday in the top sixteen in a team not in your conference, and you got a game in Lubbock, win a road game, boom—you do that. You're sitting back at three and five in this league and 14 and seven. Things are looking a lot rosier. A lot of quad one wins left on that schedule. Yep. The Auburn games, and that's an intriguing one. Yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. One thing I do caution against is we spent the entire football season playing the we could the what be three and one game. <laughs> we right. could be yep. five and one. Take away a couple bad bounces. Heck, hey, but it's Huggins, not Neil Brown. Mike, the standard so right, changed right? over the course yeah. of the year. 
At first, it was we should be three and one. Then it was like we mm-hmm. should be six and five competing for a ball game. It's it's easy to rationalize it losing That's when what a fan in is. the moment. That is true. Yeah. I, last night there were a lot of encouraging signs. I, I think what needs to continue is Jimmy Bell's consistency down low, because if you don't have that anchor in the post you are automatically on your heels. But on the flip side of that, if you do have it, it can be an advantage. Oh, absolutely. Because you see more and more small ball teams. Especially in in this league. The Mountaineers are not a squad that can shoot the lights out of the three. But they're going to play. We could. We could get back to non-conference. That'd be nice. But we don't have – we're not the same teams on the schedule, no. I don't see Navy anywhere on no. the slate down the road. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's, there's no Stony Brook coming in here. Stony Brook. Any- Stony Brook. <laughs> we did not, that was a tough game. That was. It was might have been well, tougher than TC. And I think it goes to CJ's point, right, talking about this team. Like, man, you had the UAB game, which was tough. Stony Brook, boom, Christmas break. You got to go back out on the road and play two games in essentially three days in tough venues against the Kansas State team now that's going to be top ten. And then you had to play the two – champions back-to-back, and so that's why you're 0-4. Now, Oklahoma, that's a tough loss, obviously, a one-pointer. A lot of things could have went differently, I think, in that one. But, like, it's understandable to see how this team was 0-5, even as good as they are. And let's think about this real quick. The last, you know, great West Virginia basketball team, if we want to call it that, some of those press Virginia teams, we lost five games in the season that year. We got the number two in the country. We went on a long losing streak. It happens, even to good teams in this conference. So, like Hug said last night, kind of pour ourselves back out from the bootstraps, man. We can do this. Saturday's huge, though. Bob Huggins is is a guy that has risen his teams from the ashes on many occasions. We're not dead yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's going to spring out of the casket. He he didn't do that with us, though. Has has that meme gone around yet? It hasn't started yet. I I was thinking that. I was trying to find it last night, and I couldn't. I don't think it's time yet. It's not yet, but you know what? 0-5. You get that win. I I felt like pulling it out last night. What did did you say? It was like 308 days. 319. 319. It was TCU March 5th last year before this. TCU is frequently way overrated. Is there a chance that they are a bottom Suck of the Suck Dixon, you know, right? Right, that guy. Yeah. Is there a chance that they are towards the bottom of the conference and we're just no. kind of on a mountaintop right I don't now. think so. I think, that's a, I think that's a top 15 team still. They got a lot of old guys. They run at you. They're good. Think about how they came back once in the second half. Most teams aren't doing that in Morgantown. TCU's pretty good. I hate yeah. Jamie Dixon. Don't get me wrong. I hate him, but he's good. By the way, did you guys see and notice the frosty post-game interaction there with Hugs and, and Dixon? They've been going at it for a while. Yeah, I mean, Hugs, yeah, as we say, he's there, not sending Christmas cards, you know? Yeah, there, there's there's some bad blood there. But, no, I, I'm with you, Blaine. This is a this is a really good TCU team, and it it's almost kind of vintage of what, he, what Dixon built at Pittsburgh, right? Really good point guard. He's got that in miles. Big guy underneath that can rebound, score some points, can just, you know, take up space. He's really built this in what he had in the mold at Pittsburgh, which is older guys, physical, really good guard play, you know, big guy in the middle. He, he's really kind of followed that mold here at TCU, and, it, and it's working. I know. I, I, TCU, to me, is a, you know, middle of this conference to upper echelon in this conference. Um, what he's built down there has been pretty impressive. And to, and to see kind of where they were when we joined the conference with them to where they are now, I think speaks a lot of Dixon's ability to recruit and, and to get the best out of his kids. I Not a fan of him, but, I mean, the guy can recruit and build a program. Yeah, I'm with you, CJ. you got to give Dixon a lot of credit for the TC turnaround. Trent Johnson also before that, he started – I mean, he started at the bottom. TC was one of the worst programs in the country. He kind of got him back to being eh, respectable and Dixon – obviously took it to that other level. So, Mike, I think to answer your question, I think TCU is going to be a great win, you know, today, tomorrow, when Selection Sunday happens too. I think that's going to be one that we're going to be very proud of and glad we have on our resume. And you can see a lot of it on the floor, to be fair. they uh, With Miles mm-hmm. making a lot of plays out there. Um, and the big man, what was his name? Uh, Lampkin, yeah. Lampkin. They combined for a majority <coughs> of points at the end of the game. I think it was like 40 between the two. So, well, And they're so good in transition. And I think yeah. that was the key last night to us. And I kind of want to hit on this real quick. Did we feel like last night was the best defensively we've played in a, probably since November? I'm going to go with yes. Um, just simply from the fact of the – like – 
the energy was there, the rotations. I know we've, we, we joke about that with Huggins. Got to make rotations. Hit him with one. Got to make rotations. Got, yeah, but, I mean, it felt like they played with some urgency there. They stayed out of foul trouble, stayed out of stupid fouls. Um, you know, to me, that, that looked kind of more like we've come accustomed to seeing out of a Huggins team and not guys just kind of going through the motions or, or looking over their shoulders and wondering where the help was coming from. Yeah, I'm with you, CJ. It, and I think that the whole doubling on the ball screen really did help. And you could tell that it, it was something that kind of propelled us. It gave us a lot of energy. I mean, you, we forced them in 19 turnovers. They averaged 11 on the season. Well, it, it forced huge. turnovers. Huge. And it, it was huge. Well, it also sped TCU up. And I think that's where Huggins' teams have been the best is when they can speed teams up. Yep. Press Virginia and, days, obviously. Yeah, and, and and there's some teams you're you're gonna get away with that. Now I, I don't know if you get a team like Kansas where they can move the ball so well and they've got so many shooters, I don't know if maybe speeding them up wor- works maybe as well. But I think there are gonna be times you're gonna be able to utilize that and throw it at people just to kind of give them a different look and a different feel of what you're doing other than just the constant either going under the screen or switching. Yeah. Absolutely, CJ. I think there's there's no doubt, no doubt about that. And so I, I kind of want to get in here real quickly here, fellas, into Saturday now. And, and thinking about moving forward with this team. Now we finally got the monkey off our back. We're one and five, you know, and Texas coming to town. They're in the they're in the top ten. The whole Chris Beard saga right now. Interesting. It's that, a saga. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to think about it. They're always a team that seems to get a lot of a pub and hype, but how good are they really? I know Carr's a great guard. You know, Allen's very good. They're very talented, but how much of a team is Texas right now? And then also you mentioned, you know, Beard not being there anymore. How's that going to play a role? I think we're getting them at a good time in the Coliseum. Beard won't be sitting on the floor this time. No GQ. He'll be sitting on the couch this time. He can do that same pose Uh, there. Much deserved. We're not going to go into that too much. But I think that Texas is obviously in a difficult situation. Chris Beard, objectively one of the better coaches in the entire country, found a way uh, to get Texas Tech into the top ten through Mac McClung. He's utilized the transfer portal era very well. Does Trey Mitchell have a little something to prove in this game? I'd say so. That's his own coach. Good point. Good point, Mike. You know, you would think he would come out there really ready to play. Yeah, I. Yeah, no, I expect Trey to come out because to me that that that's going to be a big deal. The interesting thing is going to be to watch with Texas is <sighs> really the Chris Beard stuff is still really kind of fresh for them. This is something that it can either absolutely destroy a team in a program for a year or two, or it can galvanize the program yep. for that year. And they go, well, we, you know, we're just, you know, we're good. We don't need Chris Beard. It's going to be kind of interesting to see, but I'm with you. You're getting them kind of at a good time. Everything's still kind of fresh. They're still kind of working through this and figuring out mm-hmm. how exactly all of this is going to work. Cause changing a coach mid season for any reason is always kind of weird on a team. So it's going to be interesting to see what this does, but no, I'm with you. I think you get them at a good time. You get them at home. If it was at Texas, I think I'd be a little more worried about it. Right, yeah. home, especially that Moody love, Center now. Yeah, I absolutely love the setting that we're getting, especially coming off a big win, you know, getting that over off your back um, and this team playing with a lot of confidence. Um, it should be should be a great atmosphere in Morgantown. I expect them to come out and play, play really well. But I, I'm not really sure what to make quite of this Texas team just yet. I think a lot of lot of pomp and circumstance because of who they are and because of who was on the sideline to start the year. I just they're kind of like Texas basketball is kind of like Texas football. I, I'm in a prove it to me type of place with them. You're always with that with Texas, CJ. I, and well, and I'm tired way, of hearing I'm, Texas is back, and then you go six and six. I'll flash these for you in here for you. I, I'm with you. Basketball's a little different with Beard. I'll give them that, but. Hey, one, one thing that I think is important that you hit on this, CJ, is the transitionary phase right now, right? You know, they didn't play well against Iowa State on the road. Obviously, Hilton Magic is tough to, to overcome. Then you also had the game in Lubbock, you know, playing the boys from Lubbock at home. They beat them barely. TCU was able to come back in that one since the Beard dismissal. So they're not – they're not necessarily where they've been. They struggle in defense against Kansas State, and they only score 56 against Oklahoma State. So it's like they can play different ways. They're very athletic. But 
where are they as a unit right now? And I, hopefully we're now finding our legs and our roles together and can kind of build on what we just did last night. There's a lot to be seen as far as Texas's continuity losing Chris Beard and the way that he went out as well. To, to have the guy that, that's your leader get arrested for something that serious just kind of had to be a shell shock around that program. But to still be in the top ten is honestly pretty impressive. The Longhorns uh, haven't won as decisively yep. since his departure, yep. but they have found a way to get it done. Um, I, can West Virginia build off the game the other day? Yeah. Can Jimmy Bell continue to play strong? Can Eric Stevenson continue to get to his spot and knock down mm -hmm. shots? That remains to be seen. One thing that Stevenson said earlier in the year that was – or Trey Mitchell, rather, said mm -hmm. that was very telling is there's so much talent on this team, but guys don't know when it's their turn yet. Exactly. The other night, I think they did. Yeah. I think I mean, they I did. I think Keedy, Keedy was the guy who kind of said, he okay, boys, I'm taking this. Yeah. And we'll distribute out with everybody else. And, you know, him being kind of in and out with the concussion has hurt us, I think, some in the Big 12 play. And, and I think, man, the key Saturday is going to be Keedy and Joe's ability defensively on Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr. Is it a complete coincidence? And we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. The, the rotation was cleaner. The big men played better. As soon as Harrison's out, DeMar Johnson's out. If anything, <laughs> I get it. One game, one game, it's worth bringing up. <sighs> CJ, you got an opinion on that? Because I think it might have been the double team aspect, which who knows, that might have been a suggestion by by DeMar, although I'm pretty sure Hugs was a, a part of that too. Yeah, I mean, because Hugs does take a pretty big role, especially on the defensive end of things and what they're doing. I, I, I It's tough to say yes to that, but I think Mike brings up a really good point. Um, you know, it, it is only one game, but we all know what Larry's role kind of was there. Uh, rotations looked a little bit cleaner, a little bit better of communication. You know, the, the dismissal of Larry Harrison was weird. I think we'll all admit that. Even the press release was kind of vague and weird and odd. But, no, I, I think there is maybe something to that. It's definitely something to kind of watch over the next couple of weeks and see how it goes and how it transitions. But, no, I mean, for one night, yeah, I think there is maybe a little bit of credence to that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Mike. I mean – Interesting, at least, to say the least. I mean, Larry's Hugs guy, he was there for a quarter of a century with him, pretty much. You don't think he wanted to do that, right? Now, was it his decision? We don't know. Yeah. Was, was it a decision that Baker made that Hugs covers for? Not really. Was it, was it Hugs' decision and Baker's kind of the fall guy for it? Because you mentioned in, the, in his press, press conference, you know, talking about DeMar and how guys know who he is. He was the sixth pick in the draft. He can walk into D.C. and we can get anybody we want, and we haven't recruited well there. I think there's bigger picture stuff here with Larry. Like like Mark talked about with us, you know, a while back there at the beginning of conference play, there was something going on. There, there clearly was. When you talk about the hug statement, that is interesting because talking, no hangers talking on, to remember? Tony at Kegler's, he said, I wasn't involved like I'm being portrayed to be. But then he goes for the blanket statement in the presser, which is we had a very difficult decision mm -hmm. to keep, uh, regarding our coaching staff. So it, it, there may have been some behind-the-scenes conversations, maybe along the lines of Huggy Bear, we're not ready to move on from you, but we need to see some changes. Again, total speculation. See, that's, that's some big stones from Rim Baker to come in there and start kind of getting at hugs. But it's, for, it's, for, for, a, it's, for a bad start to conference play, and one bad season. And I think that's something that Mountaineer Basketball Nation, getting this real quick, Mike, I want to say this. Think about the two years prior to last year. We were in the playing Syracuse, uh, the terrible, most worst matchup in the whole tournament for a two-day turnaround. And then the year before that, Oscar and the boys, and I, we just said he should not be named on the podcast. Sorry to those who don't know, Oscar is. He should not be named. But when he slammed that dunk down and induced it in the Coliseum, the, the – the roof lifted open and we beat Baylor and then COVID hit. Those are two pretty good basketball teams. So let's, let's kind of pump the brakes on the game is past hugs by. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And then I, I, I kind of made this, uh, this thought kind of hit me and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. Cause I was talking uh, to Eva watching, um, uh, I think the Kansas game is how much do you think, 
Hugs right now is missing a guy on his staff like Eric Martin. Eric had been with him a bunch, been with him a long time, was really kind of hugs his right hand a lot of times. And he's a head coach now and deservedly so. But how much is a guy like him not being on the bench there maybe kind of affected things a little too? I mean, staff continuity is tough to begin with, right? The fact that he's had such good staff continuity for so long, brought in Ruoff. I think Ruoff's done a pretty good job to this point from all accounts. So I'm not necessarily sure about that, CJ, really. I think he's going to continue to get guys that think and will challenge him but know what West Virginia basketball and Bob Huggins basketball is about. Notice this last night. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. When they were talking about DeMar Johnson, they kept saying he played one year at West Virginia. And I'm like, come on, ESPN. That was confusing to me. Like, do your job. It's not hard. Like, you, Hugs was not at West Virginia in 2000. He was at Cincinnati. Come I, on. I, I, did, I did see that graphic. I thought, yeah. there, I, there, I thought that there was something I had to miss, like they crossed paths somehow. Uh, the, total the mothership out. just not doing what they're yeah. supposed to do. Sometimes Big 12 plus, while it's nice to have all the games on, yeah. you get some, uh, yeah, some rather cr- some crews that are a little shaky at times. So last night's. Might have been the worst. <laughs> yeah, and and for the love of all things holy, like I like King McClure, but can we stop getting him when Baylor comes to town, please? I don't mind King McClure, actually. I like him, but good Lord, we always get him when it's Baylor, and it's like, okay, we get it. You went to Baylor. Knock it down a notch. Well, we're probably getting Fran this, this Saturday. <laughs> we got the 6 o'clock game on ESPN. Oh, yeah. going to be fun. Fans. Right yeah. in the middle of, of the – uh, the NBC uh, playoff game, the Chiefs and Jags. So maybe it'll divert some attention away from, from from some people in the country. But take a break from sunshine and watch Bob Huggins and the Hoops team there oh, for yeah. a little while. And, and you know Fran's going to be hitting up them pepperoni roll joints. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's his go-to, you know, and why not? I mean, who wouldn't want a Julius pepperoni, right? No free ads, but, you know, it's uh, – For Julius, we'll do hey, that's, that's right. That's right. Hey, so – Fellas, I know we were kind of we're getting into this Texas game a little bit here, and, and kind of looking at it and, and, and thinking about it. Let's say the worst case scenario happens on Saturday, and that we can't find a way to pull that win off. Texas has got so much talent; they beat us at the buzzer, they beat us in a tight game. Where are you at now with this team? See, that's the tough thing about starting out zero five. Right, the margin for error is thin at the beginning of the season. Now it's it's razor. Next to nothing. Dinner in that piece of paper right there. <laughs> so my notes, my notes from last night. But realistically, the Mountaineers probably aren't going to win out. So I, emotionally, as fans, it would not be responsible to ebb and flow with every game. Right. Although I don't think West Virginia can lose more than three. I, I, mm, interesting. See, I, two I, games. You play. You play everybody twice. It's an eighteen-game schedule. Five losses already. Eight and ten. Eight and ten's got a chance. Yeah. Okay. I think eight, I'll extend it. Five losses. Yeah. Eight and ten, we can still make the tournament. But I also think it's these games at home now yeah. are so important. Like defending the home court in this league is is paramount for us. And you think about it, I mean, if you get back to back wins over top fifteen teams, hey, we're back. You know, we're we're back on it. Now, granted, the next game at Texas Tech becomes just as crucial, right? Like. And that's I kind of like you got into that. You think we can go eight and ten, still make the dance, right? Yeah. Now, does that include? Now, I think the game versus Auburn then becomes very important, huge. Very important. But seven and eleven, I'm not giving anybody the nod. It's eight, eight and ten's got a chance. So, so now, but does that include a win over Auburn? No. So you're saying eight and ten? You have eight I and ten with a loss to Auburn. If a team finishes four games under five hundred in its conference, they should not qualify. For the NCAA So you're going 18 and 13. You got to get there at least. 18 and 13. Baylor win helps a lot. And that's yeah. on the road. So you're including a Baylor win on the road. Baylor win. That, that never happens. <laughs> well, TCU and at home is nice too. CJ, what do you think we got to get, man? Yeah, I mean, I, I think 8 and 10 definitely gets you. I, I don't think any less than that gets you in um, simply just because then it's going to become about <sighs> – the other wins that you have and then we all know conference tournaments things get crazy somebody that's supposed to win it doesn't and then all of a sudden now you're looking at two from in so i think you've got to be a little careful when you're on the bubble there too the bubble gets real small real yeah and 
and defending home court is important. I mean, you've already lost two conference games at home and you've got to find a way to, to basically, I don't want to say win out at home, but I don't know if you really can afford another home loss because of some of the road trips you still have. Um, at Baylor's tough, let's face it, nobody goes into the fog and wins. They're just not going to allow that to happen, especially in late February. This is the year. Um, Iowa State. This is we the all year. Know, we all know Iowa State. You know, Hilton's not an easy place to go in and win. We've done that before, too. We beat we, Baylor we, on the road a couple of times, too. It, and we, we, and Baylor's kind of sterile. Well, it is, but it's, but I mean, it, it's also going to depend too on kind of what they look like by the time they get there too. Uh, I don't sure. expect Scott Drew's team to be god awful by any stretch of the imagination. They're back in the rankings now. They're they're fine. Yeah. So, so I mean, like I said, there there there's a bunch of winnable games. There are some you've got to you've got to find a way. Like Texas Tech, you got to take both. Yeah. Uh, TCU, I think you got to take both, and and then work That's... on kind of splitting some of the others. But I, I don't know if you can afford another home loss. I, eight and ten to me does kind of seem like the number, but there's there's still a lot of winnable games out there in the conference. But yeah, seven and eleven, seven and eleven, you're sitting on the outside and you're going I, to the NIT. I disagree with that, CJ, and I will tell you why. This year in this league, what all ten of the top ten remaining schedules are Big Twelve, Big Twelve programs. So if we get wins, some good ones, and we beat Auburn. The, the top top SEC one of the top SEC programs, boom, that's huge. I mean, I think at that point you can win seven games, beat Auburn, hopefully you win a game in Kansas City, and then I think you're there. So to answer your question, if West Virginia loses to Texas, no, it's not over. It's not over. But that whole equation becomes more complicated. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to add a couple more variables. Mm-hmm. You got to beat somebody else. You might actually have to go to Kansas and win. You might have to. You got to come back and defend Kansas State on the home floor senior day and win that one. You got to go on the road. It, it, you're right, Mike. It just becomes way more difficult with the loss of Texas. And then you're sitting there at one and six. And it's like, damn, what do we got to do? Yeah, because. Yeah, because at one in six, and and Mike, you made the point, and you were so dead on correct. The the margin of error in this conference is thin to begin with, and you, I think, if you're if you're this Mountaineer team, I think you've pretty much exhausted almost all that margin for error. Yeah, we'll, we'll spot you five. <laughs> yeah, we'll give everybody five. That big deal. Yeah, it's it's yeah, we we got that kind of talent running through here. I mean, I think you guys made up a good point too, though. But let's I see, also... you lose a tight one to. Oh, go ahead, CJ. But I also do think if, if you look at it, I think the winner of this conference, whoever ends up winning the regular season, is probably going to have three or four conference losses because of how more tough than it that. is. More than that, I would say, unless it's Kansas, because they're they're starting to come together a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you guys on that, and I think like the the next game in Lubbock next week before we come back in here and talk live again on the stream, have to happen. It's, it's, it's paramount. If you don't win that one, even if you beat Texas and then you lose to Texas Tech, it's like, man. That falls in the bad loss department. Exactly. exactly. There's not a ton on the schedule. It's not an atrocious loss. That's by far the worst opponent it, left on the schedule. That would hurt your resume more than it, it would help it. Yep. Uh, but, hey, let, let's rise from the ashes. Let's yeah. do it. Absolutely. I'm and, on board. I, I wished for it last year and it didn't happen. Right. But just about every other year it has. But exactly. And you know what else, too, Mike? Last year, the talent level, not at the same level as these guys this year. Now, granted, and you could say, hey, Taz and Sean, right, good shooters. But really, if you go and break down the rest of the roster, this year this team can rebound. We can defend a little bit more. And we still have some good shooters and some good players. Like, this team's better than last year. I expect oh, more out. Oh yeah, this this team is definitely much better than than last year's. And and I think the thing that I've noticed too over this and the reason I've stayed extremely optimistic almost to to Blainian levels here. Um Ooh, ooh okay. Is, <laughs> turned you with a little adverb there. All right, all right. Yeah. Um yeah, I just turned you into an adverb. Um is the the fight this team demonstrated, right? They they kept fighting every possession. They never because there were some games that, in all honesty, should have been last year's team would have gotten just absolutely annihilated out of the yeah. gym. Yeah. This team kept fighting, kept scrapping, kept kept themselves at least within like kind of arm's range of it. 
and that's the one thing, even when they were losing, you still saw all of that. You saw mm-hmm. the fight. You saw all of that still wanting to figure this out. Whereas we've seen in some, some of the teams that weren't quite maybe as good or as focused would let this really, really spiral. And, and I think that's a great point, CJ. I think last night was obviously the biggest win in the big 12 season, but I mean, like, you lose that, you really start spiraling, right? So, like, I think that that, that word you just use, spiraling, is is absolutely kind of the correct word to use. And like, they didn't allow it to happen yet. Last year, they kind of did, right? Like, and you even heard Hug say this. Like, after the zero and five and lost to Oklahoma, it was all like, "Man, we're gonna go get this next one. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we got this. We, we're, we're gonna find our way back." And I don't think he had that same attitude last year when we started off as poorly as we did in the conference. Just, just a kind of an outside observation. I think he still feels good about this team. He, he called last year's team the worst defensive team he had ever coached. Well, it was. It was. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't get in front of anybody. Straight line drive. Give me a straight line drive hugs real quick. You got that? We give up straight line drives. We don't make <laughs> rotations. We, we didn't defend a roll guy. Got to defend a roll guy. Got to find a roll guy. Well, and and, guy. I, and I think you make a, a double a team, good. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, and I think you make a good point on that too, too, Blaine, as far as this team's better defensively. But I think the other thing too is I think this team is, and it's not necessarily older because he had some some older guys, but they're they're a more mature group, and I think more experience in Power Five basketball. Correct. We've had they understand the ups and downs. That's true, though. That's, that's, true. that's <laughs> well, a good point. Mike brings up, and they, yeah, well, CJ, yeah, they might have played some games. The maturity might not fully be there. But maybe these lessons are things we need to get together <laughs> That's now. Hard. Well, you know. Well, I mean, I, I think the maturity in, in the understanding <laughs> the power of five is going to – you're going to have the ups yeah. and downs. But I think a guy like Emmett Matthews, too, having been there before, having been in the program, knowing hugs, I think he's actually a really nice extension and yep. can kind of really, with some of these guys, bring them into the understanding of I what's going on. I think he's the same on. way. And Yeah, and Keedy's the same way. But I, for Emmett, too, I think it helps, though, because he did transfer out and he has come back is he can kind of relay that message, too, of, hey, I know what it's like somewhere else, but I came back. There's a reason, and he can kind of grasp their attention. Tell them why it works. Not Tell them why it works, works and that we do what we do, but that it works for a reason. I'm with Correct. you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on that, CJ. So we're all in agreement. We're going to win these next three. Right? Next three. I thought, <laughs> I mean, I can pick Texas. I can I can put my concentration on one game. All right. That's, that's right. That's, asking for three. I'm asking for I'm asking for Texas at home. Okay. A win in the road in Lubbock. Doable. You know, go out there and, yeah. and, and find a way to, to get through the tumbleweed and, and get a win versus Adams and that crew. That'll be tough. Okay. And then you come back home Saturday, high noon, SEC, Big 12 Challenge, Barkley in the building the night before for the fish fry. We're going to be ready for we that, have to win that We're winning that game. Yeah, that – that's the, student, the student section is going to come up with some good content for Charles Barkley. Oh, Chuck. Chuck. Terrible. It's he's, terrible. He's a good one, man. Hey, we were terrible in the Big 12 before last night. But now we're, we're going to find our way back out of this light, though. I've got, I've got a feeling. I don't. I, I, I am totally with you. Um, and I won't start I, seeing I, Black Eyed Peas. I'll spare everybody. I am going to take us against Auburn as well, simply just because law of averages says we've got to win one of these stinking SEC challenge games. So, That's yeah. A That's a <laughs> There's been some difficult ones. Uh, the Kentucky one at home stands out. It was fun. I that, was in the that, building. That, that, that's kind of like the night in football we don't talk about because that game was right there. I don't know if it goes to that level. You know, I don't we know if it goes to that level, but emotionally that's where it is for me because really? – I hate John Calipari with like every fiber of my being. Huh. Okay. But you so if you had a chance to play Cal in a little pickup game, CJ, you might, you know, give him one where the sun don't shine. Is what you're telling me? Well, let's just let, let, let's just say I'd be earning my thousand and calling him. Oh, okay. Okay. I'd, hey, I'm not I'm not a Cal fan, sorry. By the way, like, have you noticed though, CJ? I know we put Cal on notice a lot with Zachy Moon back in the day too. Cal has went away from the suit. He is now quarter zip fan. Cal has gone away from good coaching. <laughs> hey, Kentucky is starting to turn around though a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but 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 the, the fan base down there is calling for sure. his head. Like that's the incredible part about it. You think so? Oh, the there are 
now there there is i'm not saying the the radical ones like there yeah. have been some desperate cries for his head now granted their fan base in basketball is kind of like alabama's in football you lose one and all of a sudden fire everybody and start over but it, it it's kind of amazing how badly it's turned i think for him in the perception down there well, his whole model i don't want to say it's irrelevant but it's definitely changed it's true. it used to be i'm going to get the five best high school kids one and done straight to the nba now you have the transfer portal. Yeah, he can't it, do it. It just kind of murkies the water. Is it smarter to go for a transfer that's played at that level, or do you still try to do the one-and-done thing? But there's just more equity around the nation mm-hmm. with the NIL. So, yeah, Calipari might be obsolete. That's – Well, well – say he's going to be obsolete. I don't know. That's going to be tough to say that. Plus, it's still Kentucky basketball. I mean, yeah, it's, bad as they've been at SEC, I don't think it's as strong as they want to make it out to be. And he's kind of starting to get him playing the right way, even with, you know, Oscar really coming on. I hate to say it, that's a tournament team still. It's a tournament team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Kyle Perry would be absolutely the, – the problem with his model of getting five or six one or duns was, was not sustainable. Like, you can't continue to have that kind of turnover. But – at the same time, the, the transfer portals kind of almost made it the same way. But I, I think he I think he is smart enough to kind of adapt to it. Um, we'll see. And like you said, Blaine, that is still Kentucky basketball. That's still a blue blood program. He's gonna find ways to get recruits and, and go to the tournament and he's going nowhere. Yeah, I, I, I just I go ahead and say that going anywhere. That, it's that the same as the hugs, folks. Hugs is going nowhere either. All right. The dudes are hot. thing because before we started saying the dudes in the hall was man long overdue Bob Huggins needs to be in the hall like the game's the game you know the tagline that we throw in the background doesn't really matter it's it's more about the results the rest of this season's going to be huge yeah that's that's a good point if Perez stays next year that you already have a big piece yeah that's true and I'll have more than just Perez to hang around but I'm I'm with you on that Mike that's that's a good point I think he will I think he will I think they showed him they showed him the love to this point in time. So, um, so CJ, I know we've, we've all talked here and we kind of want to, uh, to finish up this night here with a little big 12 coaches draft. Okay. Now we can decide here. Do we want to play pickup? Are we talking organized game? I think that's important to distinguish real quick before we get to the, to the draft here. Uh, if it's coaching, I think it's gotta be organized game. Okay. So you're in, you're in on that too, CJ. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. So, now, I know last time, Mike, you were the number one pick and rotisserie it out with four of us. Yep. So, we got three here tonight. I'm going to say CJ goes one. Okay. You'll go two. I'll go three, four, back around. All right? Okay. So, CJ, you got the number one pick, coaches draft, hooping it up out there. Who are you taking and why? <sighs> these, are, these will be recorded, all right? Yeah, these the are being recorded. I'm coming after you. Mark last time in the grit draft picked Zagabakanati number two, <laughs> like Zach Wilson or something. So step it up. Let's go. What do you got, buddy? Should, should, I, we, should we go ahead and name the coaches so everyone's familiar? Like, I think that the there are certain schools that I would not know the coach. <laughs> All right, so so kind of rolling through the Rolodex of coaches, you got Bill Self at Kansas. Of course. You know, and, and this is a who's who's league of coaches, yeah. if we're honest. You got K State, Jerome Tang, new guy on the block. Off to a great start. I, I think he might be a sneaky pick here in the uh, in the draft. Still seems a little more athletic than some of the other coaches. You've got are, are the, oh, these coaches are playing basketball. Oh, they're playing hoops. Oh, okay. I thought we were like metaphorical. No, 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 no. We coaching. want to see these dudes. That we want to see okay. Scott Drew hitting a twelve footer. Okay. All, All right. right. So obviously Scott Drew at Baylor. That, that changes things. And uh, Jacob, I have no ability. Pick up, Jacob's speaking here. He doesn't want him to be setting picks and stuff. He wants okay. him to be all out. Street boss. Okay, that's hey. Open it up a little. That bit. probably helps out Huggy Bear. If we're gonna be honest. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't. <laughs> definitely helps out Huggy Bear. He doesn't like foul calls. So we got hugs, obviously, as well. You've got you've got the coach at Texas Texas Tech, Mark Adams, the professor. Um. CJ, help me out here, man. We've we're uh, we're rolling here. Of course, Dixon. 
Dixon DJ at TCU. Ol- I'm hoping he's the last pick for sure. Let's be DJ Oldenberger at Iowa State. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Mike, probably not picking him up for much. I'll be honest. He's a little uh, dude. Porter Porter Mosler at Oklahoma. That's right. Okay. Mike Boyton, Oklahoma State. Ah, oh, no, he's a baller. I bet. Let's be uh, honest about it. We, we've already talked about one, and that was Jamie Dixon. Um, Dixon Tang self Scott Drew hugs. And then Rodney Terry is the acting coach at Texas. Do we just want to have beer as a part of this? No. No. Okay. No. No. No beard. No. Beard. No. 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 No beard. No. So Rodney Terry, I don't know much about him. I'll be honest. Do you know anything about his playing days there, CJ? You got a little access to the internet there? Um, well, I, he went to St. Edwards University. I don't think he played. Now, he's had a St. bunch Emirates. of co- He's had a bunch of coaching stops. He was an assistant there. Um, Bennett okay. Baylor, um, UNC Wilmington, both those as assistants. Texas as an assistant and was the head guy at Fresno State, UTEP, and then back to, to Texas as the associate head coach and now, obviously, the acting head coach. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and say it now. We've got three picks each. There's ten teams in the league. Rodney Terry, see ya. You're not you're not on this list, okay? So, Mike, number one pick. Who do you got? Man, I can't go away from our guys. Bob Huggins. Oh, man. Huggs, man. Give me the what? toughness. Give me the defense. In a street ball matchup, he's gonna too. set those screens. He's not gonna make excuses. He's gonna set the tone, pulling out every rebound. And, the, and if, if we're doing pickup, there's no refs. So. <laughs> that means that he's not going to get any technical fouls. He's going to be out there battling. Yeah, there he is. Huggy the, Bear. The I'm bear. Taking, I'm taking you number one. The Bear number one. All right. Hey, I'm a little disappointed that nobody else got a chance to get a hug. <laughs> but I feel you, Mike, especially with the, the street ball matchup. Yeah. No doubt. No blood, no foul. Oh, the Bear, he will get them claws into you a little bit for sure. Uh, CJ, who you got number two? Okay, number two, I'm going to take Scott Drew. I'm going to tell you why. The guy who grew wow. up around he grew up around the game. His brother, his dad was a coach. His brother played at Valparaiso, hit one of the most unbelievable shots in NCAA tournament history. Give, give me a guy who's gonna be a coach on the floor, get me into the right positions offensively, and just be a just be an extension and a bulldog. Hmm. Interesting, interesting pick in old Scott Drew. Now, if you'd have told me Bryce was the pick for that shot he made against old Miss for Valpo, I might be in on it. But I don't know about Scott Drew being number two pick, CJ. I'm I'm not putting oh. you in Basham territory with Kanate, but uh, I think there were stronger picks, including well, yeah, my and, pick. And, oh, go ahead. What you got? What you got? What's your well, and, and, and there might be, but like I said, you know, I'm getting a guard who's an extension of the coach on the floor and all that. Um, okay. And just you so want to play Bryce with him. That's why Bryce, you're picking Bryce, number two. Bryce Drew is coaching. He's at Grand Canyon University, for those of you keeping track of the Drew family. Oh, hey, they're pretty good down there at Grand Canyon. Same uh, school Marley had. Remember when we beat him in that CBI there a while back? Yep. No one really wants to talk about the CBI. <laughs> I can't say that that one stands out. I don't like any to talk about any tournament that's a three-letter tournament, even the NIT. We don't want to talk about that. Okay, NIT, I will say that championship run in 07 was, was entertaining. You have some stuff on that. I, I do, yeah. yeah. I talked to Rob Summers uh, last yeah. week about it, and he said that on selection day, they brought the camera crew. We should have been in, though, really. WV was getting in. Yeah, that was the consensus. Had and, that terrible loss to Louisville where they got – or Peyton or Edgar Sosa ran 15 oh steps down the lane. That, yeah, that, that was absurd. Irregardless. But I, I guess that, uh, that that must have been when they first started the yeah. live bookings. So, mm. Summers and uh, Darius Nichols and all those guys thought that the match – Hugs would have never good. let them in that room. Yeah. Coach Beeline's <laughs> great, but he had never let him in that room had it not been a for sure thing. Yeah, and then they – Got the unfortunate news, and after that, it was just hey, business. Let's win it all. Even though the T-shirts that year, I know, I know. <laughs> that was fun. Fun um, side, number number three pick here. I gotta go with Mike Boykin. Like I know that guy's got some ability as a ball handler. I'm sure he's a good passer. I like how his team's played. Oklahoma State's got a little grit to him. I'll go Boykin three. Um, number four. And I hate to do this, and I even said that I wanted him to be the last pick. But I think Jamie Dixon. Okay. And he was pretty good. Sister was a baller. You know, he turned it around at TCU's all mater. He's pretty good. He's kind of taller, kind of a little edgy. I think Jamie Dixon would be a pretty good pickup player. He's a fire guy. He's going to bring energy. Every time I see that guy, he's – I mean, I hate him. I hate him. He looks like a rat, but, I mean <laughs> – 
<laughs> still that snarl, you know. But I mean, well, starting for your team, I might not pass him the ball much. And not so, everybody, can yeah, you know, score all the buckets. You got to know your role, you know. Yeah, like the Rock said, you know. So uh, CJ, who who you got next there, buddy? All right, this this one's a tough one because this is between one or two guys for me, but I, I'm gonna go with Porter Moser. Hmm. Simply because you've seen the intensity of him on the sideline. He, he's, Papa Vane, right? Yeah, Papa Vane. <laughs> he, he's a guy that I know when he comes out, he's going to look at the best player on the other team and go, I want him. He's going to be in his grill. He's going to be annoying. He He's going to be the quote-unquote Patrick Beverly. He's going to just piss people off. Get, get, give me a guy like that. I mean, think about those Loyola teams that he had, you know, the Sister Jean Final Four group. I mean – if he plays like that team embodied him on the floor, yeah, I'm okay playing pickup ball with Porter Moser. So, uh, Mike, here's your second pick there, My brother. second pick, I'm going to take Bill Self. Ooh, okay. Ooh, he's a very passer, right? He's yes. a well-put-together guy. I, I feel like he would be an excellent fundamental basketball player. He's just a, probably has a smooth elbow jump shot. He can make free throws. Just like his team. He just always looks very together. He does, so, so even he, though he's a cheater. Well, that remains. That might help him. That might help him in the street ball game too, though. Allegation. Who's not allegation? Not cheating on Sarah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Harbaugh now. Him uh, yeah, supposedly. Right? Another one. I don't know. Well, Kansas I, got away with murder on those. I'll just. I'll take. I'll take the savvy. I'll take the discipline. The crisp chest passes. He's probably got like a smooth hook shot. Probably does. He's probably got the old man at the Y game, just able yes. to do everything. Now you got hugs and self on the floor together. I like that for your it's, team. It's going to be interesting. So, so who's who's your next pick? Oh yeah, we're going snake draft. Yeah. I'm not going to do you like I did in the grit draft and down. not give it to you. The candidates here were there's not very close. Getting toward to the back the end, end there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Texas Tech guy. Okay, Mark Adams, Mark the professor. Adams. The, the professor Adams. Okay. Interesting. I like it. He, because he's going to listen to the other two. He's, he's got two coaching legends on the team. Mm-hmm. He's not going to overstep. Seems he's, like you got a lot of assholes and elbows types of guys there. And self <laughs> kind of the score, right? I, he's going to have to be, probably. <laughs> he's going to have to. Or you might have to help him out in the game, too. We're, we're throwing us on the team. As long as Hugs guards the role. You just want more sh- Hugs just got a good. He's got a. He's got to make rotations. Make rotations. Guard a roll guy. <laughs> he's got guard a roll guy. Hey, he won't cheat the game. Yeah, I don't break. How can you say you love the game and not embrace the game? Mark Adams better embrace the game if he's on Hugs pickup. He's gonna stay there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, see, I'm jumping you. All right. Just make an executive decision because I want this guy on my team. I want Jerome Tang. Oh. All right? I'm taking it. I, I made executive decision. I'm taking him. Jerome Tang got a little size. You know, gets some enthusiasm. That that mic drop that he had there in the Octagon of Doom after they beat Kansas was incredible. Saying, hey, we'll give you this one, but now you expect to beat everybody, which I think he's crazy for thinking that, by the way. But, hey, Drum Tang, a little Scotty too hotty when he came on there with Van Pelt. He was pumped. I like that passion. So, yes, yeah, CJ, I jumped you. Drum Tang's on my team. I guess that leaves you Otzelberger. You know you like him anyway. Oh, you stole my guy, man. I feel <laughs> this is like the this First is like the NFL. The host, CJ, this is like know? the NFL draft. I didn't get to pick any time. He just gets to hop me. That's oh, just like two in Burrow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, get, get, give me Osberger. Uh, you know he's he's a guy who kind of worked his way up through, um, kind of a grinder. Um, you know he's not going to take a lot for granted. Um, he's going to give you give you everything he's got. Um, you know, he's not going to be out there trying to hot dog it and take shots that aren't his. Okay. So you're, you kind of, you kind of think that also burger will kind of be a good team guy for you. Yeah. He'll be a good team guy. Um, you know, he'll play defense. He'll know his role offensively and, and fit in well. So you got TJ Otzelberger, Scott Drew and Porter Moser on, uh, on CJ's team. We got self. Hugs and uh, Adams. Adams for Mike's team, and I've got Jamie Dixon, the uh, my guy in. Uh, oh man, you know Mike Boyton and then Jerome Tang. So I got it. We got to ask Jacob. I'm partial over here. Who 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 wins? Mike, you 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like got hugs. Okay. That's uh, all right. All right. Impartial. Jacob. Jacob says Mike wins this draft. My, my, um, well, but see, Mike probably does because he went to that old true YMCA. Get a bunch of old dudes who just stand and shoot. Exactly. That's self. And Huggins is going to be the guy in there that probably realistically gets beat, but fouls a lot of people. Maybe even <laughs> occasionally gets call fouled yeah. and does call it. He's he's gonna he's gonna jockey for those calls as, much as, as I, he normally does. As much as I love you guys' enthusiasm picking hugs, I think it's got to be my team, right? What, what Jerome Tang. You have actual basketball. Players? I think so because I think my team would be the best and most athletic team on the floor. Don't forget about what he did for the Golden Blue. That's true. I, I never will never forget about it. But if we're calling a pickup game here, if we ever do a hypothetical draft and I I have the option to pick this guy, now granted, I, I'm gonna pick <laughs> you did last time too. Yeah. Hey, I will say this though: Jamie Dixon takes takes one under the chops from Hugs. That's for sure. Now Boyton and Tang, you might be able to catch him, but he he gets Jamie Dixon. In fairness to Dixon, he's hit Hugs in the chops a couple times over the years too. Uh, in the coaching scenario, the co- <laughs> so they would, be, they would be good adversaries. It would be. It'd be a lot of fun. ACJ, man, real quickly before we get you out of here, man, what's your prediction? Me and Mike will give ours too here for uh, for Saturday, and then also wrap around for Tech. Yeah, Are you going two and zero. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think two and zero is is very real. Um, I, I think at this point, because of the margin of error being as razor thin now as it is, I think you've got to go get both. Texas Tech, you absolutely have to get. They're the worst team in the league. They're extremely young. You have got to get them. Um, and and you got to get Texas. Let, let's build this up. Let's get a 2-0, and then to make it 3-0. and um, You know, you kind of broke some streaks there. You broke the losing streak. You broke the streak of losing, what was it, 11 straight to top 25 teams. True, 11 um, straight. That's a good point. You know, this this is the time for this team. I love the confidence. I love the grit. I love the fight. Um, yeah, I, I think we can go get Texas. Then you complete the the two-step essentially by going to get Texas Tech and set you up with a very, very big one against Auburn. Yeah, absolutely. Last year you had a lackadaisical football season, and it was miserable, followed by a terrible basketball mm-hmm. season. It was miserable. This year we had a lackadaisical borderline, maybe terrible, horrible football yeah. season. I mean, like five and seven, and it was once again miserable. Finally, the other night, as a Mountaineer fan base, for the first time in about a year and a half, we got that. Let's go, mm-hmm. give it to him. Mm-hmm. Come on, it need felt good, yep. felt good. I think that's a school and a fan base ready to lose its mind. I think the Coliseum is going to go absolutely crazy yep. again on Saturday. And Texas is a different intensity. That's a real, genuine hatred. I don't know if it's out of spite, if, if a psychologist oh, were to break down why we act the way we do in the state of West Virginia, but we don't like Texas. We're like trolls, like in, in the in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like and Anytime I've ever talked to anybody from there, they say that they don't care. We are all about our own, and we're stubborn as can be, <laughs> but we're tough, and, and we get the job done. And I, I think the Coliseum, like you said, it's going to be lit. Saturday night, six o'clock, Hugs House. Be ready to rock and roll. Make shots early. Make free throws. We get we get it done, and then we go out, get on that plane, fly out to Lubbock, and escape. I'm talking escape, Mark Adams and Lubbock and those guys, and then get ready for for Chuck for coming to Fish Fry. I think we ride that momentum. I also think the Mountaineers are going to beat Texas. Keeter and Johnson needs to be aggressive, but intelligently aggressive. Yep. Like he so, was last night. Yeah, they're going to watch that film. They're going to key on him, know when to pitch it, know when to drive it, know when to go to that pull-up. Trey Mitchell, let's stay in the game for 40 minutes this time. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. We know what we're going to get from him. Stay away from dumb technical fouls. It's, it's going to be a smooth our 14, senior leaders. 15 points. If Eric Stevenson has a, a game, we're probably going to blow him out. That, that's the troubling Ooh. thing. Ooh, and, and I don't know if, if Stevenson's on a sports school. I don't say that out of uh, anything negative, mm-hmm. but might have put him on too much of a pedestal after the non-conference slate. It's not like he's a proven superstar, right. but he is an X-factor. Yep. And if, if he can have a big game, I think that turns the tide to where it, it could even be a laugher. But the Mountaineers, it's just about building on TCU. The juice is going to be there. The Longhorns are going through a lot right now. So i got the Mountaineers winning by – 10 points Ooh. on Saturday. Okay. And, and then you ride that momentum. Texas Tech is down this year. Have to get those bottom of the conference games. They are games. young, young Texas Tech is. So, I, 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 two victories. 2-0, baby. Here we go. I think so. I think 2-0. and oh, And then we uh, 
get ready for that fish fry and Chuck and the Auburn Tigers. They should be in the top 15. What's the deal there? Can you buy tickets to that? You can still buy tickets to that. Would love to go. Unfortunately, I've got a swim meet. I coach swimming down here in the the Charleston region, so I can't do it. But I want to get to a fish fry someday. That's bucket list type stuff right there. And, uh, fellas, I mean, that's pretty much our our, – our time here on the porch. So glad you came here and joined us, Mike Sussman. You can listen to him on WMOV, Baron Ravenswood, CJ, always on board. Go to our Facebook, Spotify, where you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, the Instagram, TikTok, everything coming together. We thank Jacob and Eagle Eye Productions for bringing us on in here for our first time. Going to be fun. You guys take it easy. Let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. Till next time, y'all. Let's go.